We're pretty much going to be in one psalm all summer, though. And so we're going to be in Psalm 37, and I want to tell you a little bit about it. Uh, psalm 37 is really un the only psalm like it. It reads more like a, a chapter of Proverbs. Uh, some people have compared it to the book of James, and it's written by an older and wiser King David. It's written at the end of his life. Some people believe he's writing it uh, for Solomon. And so I tell you what, uh, it's incredible. Um, experience that to even have this from David. I, I love to be around older gentlemen. Uh, it's just amazing the wisdom and the life perspective that they have. Um, we had a gentleman in our church for many years named Bobby Herring. And Bobby Herring was funny. And uh, I met Bobby close to retirement and knew him during his retirement years. He's now with the Lord and, and with several family members having an incredible reunion. But I would stop by and see Bobby from time to time. And one time I, I, I was just missing Bobby. He was retired and I was just missing Bobby Harry. And I, so I stopped by. He still kept an office uh, there he, where he and his son worked. And one day I just walked in and I said, hey, Bobby, I just, you know, been missing you and, and all that. And he just looked at me and he went, peanut butter. Said, peanut butter? He said, Scott, one excuse is as good as another. I choose peanut butter, you know. And that was sort of the way he gave me. Well, then when I was earlier than that, though, in my early years, in my late 20s, Tracy and I were buying a house. This was the second house we were buying. And my house payment was going to go from three forty-five a month. Wow. <laughs> you know, and it was going more than double, you know. And I was nervous about it. And I'm riding through town and I stop and I see, you know, Bobby's car over there at the office. And I just walked in. I talked to Bobby, you know, and he said, I Scott. He said, I remember when my house payment was $81 a month and it went to $221. And I didn't know how I was going to make that payment. And then he just spoke to me about the faithfulness of God. And he spoke to me about the goodness of God. Here's a man later in life talking to me. Man, just really put my heart at ease. And so when I was walking out, and he goes, And Scott, if you can't afford it, they'll just take it back. You know? <laughs> so I was like, I'm kidding. That's what he said, you know. But today, as we um, hear from an older King David, I want you to understand the miracle of what has happened. Here are words written so long ago that have been preserved and, and, and passed down to us. It's an incredible privilege and an incredible opportunity to, to hear this and to give us and preserved by the Holy Spirit. Now, here's my hope and prayer today. My hope and prayer is that when we leave here today, it will result in a joy-filled and a peace-filled heart in the midst of this crazy and evil world that, that we live in. So let's, let's go straight to the word, Psalm 37. And we're going to just take a few verses each Sunday. He says this, don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you'll live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he'll give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. He says, don't worry. Now, there's a, there's a better translation than, than don't worry, and it's don't fret. 
Okay, you don't hear that word anymore. What you fretting about? You know, it seemed like that was an older generation term. What, what are you fretting about? Fretting is different than worry. Fretting is worry. It's bitterness. Fretting is a combination of worry, bitterness, jealousy, maybe envy, maybe some anger thrown in there. You know what a common cause of, of fretting is? And maybe you, you can relate to this. It's social media. You get on social media, you ever had this feeling and, and you've got some friends or, or people you work with and somehow or another they're able to fit 54 weeks of vacation into a single year? You know, and all of a sudden it's like, you ever felt like, man, how did they get to do this? Or maybe um, you post a video and you get some likes and somebody else posts a video and they get more likes. Or we all know your kid's picture is way cuter than their kid's picture, but their kid's picture is getting more likes. Or, more seriously, there's this. You and I are followers of Jesus. And man, we're trying our best to, to follow him and, and please him. And it just seems like evil people get to do whatever they want to do. And their lives are so much better for it. Today we get to listen through the power of the Holy Spirit from King David who was walked with God a lifetime, a, a man after God's own heart even. And here's how he would advise us today. Focus on the long view. Man, fo focus on the long view. Listen, listen to what he says. Hey, don't worry or, or don't fret about the wicked or, or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. I mean, we live in a crazy world. I'm telling you, it is crazy. Uh, rioting over the Supreme Court ruling, overturning Roe versus Wade. People calling evil good, and they're calling good evil. Not to mention the, the billion-dollar porn industry. Not to mention sex slave trading and, and the child labor in other countries and, and the drug industry. And then let's just be honest. We all encounter or just know mean, rude selfish people and we can live in this world and if we're not careful we begin to to fret we, we begin to worry mixed in with anger and, and maybe jealousy and and bitterness and, and envy and you might even be related to somebody like this seems like they, they just go against god's will against god's nature against god's word and yet everything seems to work out for them David's like, hey, remember the long view. He's saying, hey, remember that flowers wither. Remember spring flowers. They don't last forever. It's just a season. And what they're going through, these people, that if we're not careful, we'll, we'll envy them. And they're going to die. And their future is hell. And that is not to be celebrated by the church. Even though we can look at that and go, hey, you know what? This will not last forever and evil will not reign forever. And these people will not reign forever. Even if you know some of them, now they will wither like spring flowers. And while that may comfort us, it should also sadden us. Because these people's eternity is hell. Now listen, I love justice. 
Man, I, I love when, when justice is served. I, I love if, if someone breaks the law and, and, and they go to prison because of the acts they, that they committed. I love justice. But let me say this. If it were not for Christ, I'd be headed to hell myself. And so we need to remember that when we see evil, evil people flourishing, let's remember it's for a season, but let's also remember their destiny. But don't celebrate it. I mean, pray for the enemies. And let's be honest, that's hard, right? Several of us were talking about all the rioting going on right now because of the overturn of Roe versus Wade. All the evil acts that are happening now because of that. What I love about David is I think he's the most relatable person in Scripture. And here's what I believe he would say. Not only would he say focus on, on, on the uh, long view, but he's going to say this, focus on the Lord. Right now, focus on the Lord. This, here's what he says. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. Man, when I read that sometimes, sometimes doesn't it sound like a fairy tale? Hey, Scott, that's real nice for that fairy tale land you live in, but we live in the, in the real world, and there's real problems, and there's real people, and there's issues that are really complicated. And I have been amazed at the complications I have seen in people's lives, and, and even in the life I live. Complicated being defined as this, combination of two or more incredibly hurt, maybe overwhelmingly hopeless. Maybe you sense no out, there, there could be no change. There's insurmountable odds. Maybe you feel sin-ridden. Maybe you feel financially broken, uh, relationally broken, morally broken, broken, and maybe even physically broken. In light of all that, and maybe you could add to that list, look at these directives that he gives. He says, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. You know what trust means? It means to rest securely. In the midst of all the craziness, in the midst of all the brokenness, in the midst of the complications of, of life, you know what he's saying? Hey, you know what? Don't focus on all that. Trust in the Lord. Rest securely. We're going we're gonna to talk more about that in a minute. And then he says, hey, take delight in the Lord. Hey, don't take delight in all that you see around you. Don't take delight in what you wish you would happen. He says, no, take delight in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Enjoy him. Man, enjoy what he enjoys. Man, spend time with him in prayer. Spend time with him in his word. Man, look at creation and, and see his, his divine nature, his invisible qualities. Man, just be reminded of the Lord all the time. Look for ways that he's working around you. You know, I've heard a lot of sermons and read a lot about that he gives you your heart's desires. And I've heard some really bad ones that if you delight yourself in the Lord, you're going to get that Ferrari. I've never had that happen to me. I've gotten air conditioning before. I've gotten things fixed before, but I've never seen stuff like that. 
I have seen sermons about how when you delight yourself in the Lord, He changes your heart's desires. Here's what the Lord is saying to us today. Don't let your heart be distracted. Don't let your heart be enticed by the things of the world. Man, delight yourself in the Lord. Now, here's what I know the heart desires. This is what I know that's true about every single one of us. Every single one of us wants to be accepted. Warts and all. Man, every single one of us wants our soul to be at rest. And what I mean by that is no anxiety, no fear, no anger, no condemnation. Matter of fact, we want our hearts to be full. Man, our hearts want to be full of joy and they want to be peace. And then he gives these these other two directives. And then commit everything you do to the Lord and then trust him and he will help you. Now he's saying trust twice. He starts with trust him And now he's saying, trust him. Rest securely. Like, I want every single one of us today to leave with this sense of a heart at rest. Despite the the rioting, despite the the threats uh, on churches, despite the the threats on on pregnancy centers, despite uh, the evil that's in the world. To live, to leave here with a heart at rest and to live each moment with a heart that's resting securely And the Lord, a a peaceful soul. Not peace like the absence of problems, and we would all like that. No, I'm talking about this supernatural peace that's in the the presence of problems. It's a, a soul at rest, a soul that knows it's guarded and it's found refuge in the Lord. In the presence of problems and and conflicts and trials. We will we will never live in a world until Christ comes back that doesn't have problems and conflicts and trials. I have a question for you. What's the condition of your soul? Believers, what's the condition of your soul? Are you full of peace? And are you full of anxiety and, and fear and anger and worry? Are you got a fretful soul? you got to fight for a quiet and peaceful soul. Now, so last week I gave my testimony. If you weren't here, I really want you to see that because I want you to hear about the goodness of God. But, um, but that was a different kind of peace. That was a peace that came to us that I described in there that, I mean, it was unbelievable that surrounded us. It was a, a peace that passes all understanding. And I had the church praying for us, people all around the world praying for us, it seemed like. And, of course, Tracy and I were praying. And I felt like I was just walking in it. It was unbelievable. But most of the time, I've got to fight for that peace and joy. I've got to fight for a, a peaceful soul. Listen, I live in the same broken and wicked world you live in. And because of that, things make me angry. Not too long ago, I woke up 
And I was doing okay. I'm fighting, Lord, I'm fighting for peace. I'm, I'm fighting for joy. Fill my heart with joy. Fill my heart with peace. And, and the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, I'm good. And then I think about this issue that, that came on, and then I fight a little bit more. And then I think about this issue more. And then I think about peace and joy a little bit more. And I think about this a lot more. Well, it turned out I was ready to fight. It's not even 6 a.m. in the morning. Man, I'm ready to launch. I mean, I'm ready to, to just, uh, you know, you said this. Well, here's, here's how this is going down. I'm thinking, this is the pastor? As a child, I was very quiet. I was shy. And those, those were things that were said about me. But the other thing that was said about me is I had a horrible temper. And I took pride in it to some degree. Don't really struggle with that. But that morning I was. That morning I was. Anybody else been there? Were you ready to launch and let somebody have it? Here's what happened. Here's how I fought for this peaceful soul. And I have found this to work 100% of the time. Go to the scriptures. Go to the scriptures. And I'm not talking about just open up your Bible and, and, and point your finger, okay? You know, you might land on Jesus went and hung himself. That's never your solution, all right? Man, I went to the scriptures. And you know what? I was just in a reading plan. I think I could have picked up Leviticus that day and the Lord would have just spoken to me about this situation. I went to the scriptures. And then I prayed. And I want to share with you a prayer that is from Paul. And it's a, pray, a prayer that I have been praying for the last few weeks. And here's what Paul, how he prayed. It's in Romans. He says this. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joys and peace because you trust in him. Not in yourself. Not in a solution that you read online. Not in your anger. But trust. Then you'll overflow with confident hope that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then what else does the word say? Is in First Peter, give all your worries and cares to God because He cares about you. Give it all to Him. Can I tell you that morning I went from launch mode? I think I could have made it to Mars. Till doesn't even matter. Did I do anything special? No, I just did what the Bible says. I trusted him. I went to the scriptures. I prayed. And I was able to rest. My soul was at rest. And that's when you know you're trusting in the Lord. Man, that moment I know I'm not trusting the Lord. Listen, I had to, I've had to fight this. I mean, this is normally something all day long. I pray this prayer like three or four times a day, sometimes more. Just fighting, trusting in the Lord. And then the final part of it is this. You wait on the Lord to answer. 
whatever it is. You just you don't try to answer it for yourself. You just wait on the Lord to answer. You go to the scriptures. You pray and you wait on the Lord to answer. I'm telling you that morning, man, my, my anger was gone. My, my anger was gone and peace and, and joy flooded my soul. And I'm going to tell you, I had to fight for it. I had to fight for it through the day. But I fought it with scripture and I fought it with prayer and I fought it with waiting on the Lord. So one of the prayers I pray every morning is this, this prayer. Here's this prayer. And I'm going to read it one more time. I pray this every morning and multiple times. Fill my heart with your joy and peace as I trust you that I may overflow with a confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not done with my sermon right now. I've got one more point. But I want to walk us through a time of prayer. I just want to walk us through this time of prayer. So if you would, just, just bow your heads for a moment. With all the craziness that's going on in our world, with all the threats, not just in our own country, but around the world, let's just bow our heads and let's just, I want to encourage you. Maybe you can just look at the screen for a moment. And just right where you are, just pray that prayer. Just pray that prayer for yourself. cares and worries do you need to give to the Lord? What is it you need to give to Him? Hey, this morning just tell Him, God, I'm giving you whatever it is. And then commit whatever you need to Him. Say, God, I commit this to you and trust him to help you. And maybe you need to pray this. Lord, teach me how to delight in you. Or maybe it just needs to be, Lord, teach me how to delight in you again. Father God, I want to thank you. The only reason we're able to pray to you, Father, is because of your work, your son, your scriptures, your spirit. And Father, I pray, God, that this moment, Lord, I pray, God, that uh, peace and joy have replaced uh, maybe worry or anger or, or anxiety, whatever it may be. And Lord, I pray also that when we feel ourselves going that way again, when we're looking at the world and all that's going on, Lord, we would come back to prayer. We'd come back to the scriptures. You would fill our souls with that joy and peace so that we'd have that confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.
So focus on the long view. Focus on the Lord. You know what? Focus on doing good. And I'm, gonna, <clears throat> I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I, I, one of the other messages in, in, in this chapter will, will have more on it. But trust in the Lord, he says, and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Now, in a world of evil succeeding, in a world of selfishness and sin flourishing, and there's an, you can indulge in every desire, and a, and a culture now being described as a culture of convenience, man, trust in the Lord and do good. And I'm going to tell you something, doing good is, is not convenient. It's costly, it costs time, and, and it costs money. Uh, John Mark Comer, just finished reading a book by him. Many people believe in Jesus, but here's the problem. They're just too busy to follow him because it's not always convenient. Now, this is taking time with the Father in Scripture and prayer and doing good, but a, but a telltale sign of a follower of Jesus is not just uh, attending church and it's not just reading our Bibles, but a telltale sign is their life is, is I hate to use this word, but littered with good works. Before men, so they may see the good deeds, as Jesus said, and praise God in heaven. And so I want to challenge you with something. Do good that is hard. Do good that is hard. Do good that is not convenient. Tracy was in a drive-thru. Now, this looks different for many people. Yesterday, Tracy was in the drive-thru at Dunkin' Donuts, and it's just a sin she has, y'all. And then, oh gosh, she's watching online. <laughs> so there's interesting lunch right there <laughs> but now she's just getting coffee you know and um but she could tell the lady in front of her was just dealing with the uh, drive-thru was just kind and gracious and kind and gracious and well when tracy pulled up and tracy was listening to the radio and um, it's just talking about all the, the, the crime and all the evil and, and the rioting because of the overturn of Roe versus Wade. And she said it just had her in a really uh, kind of place. And then she pulls up to the window and the, the lady at the window says, your, your cup's already been paid for. And Tracy said, yeah, it just reminded me. There's still good in the world, you know. And I don't know what that was like for the lady in front of her to do that. I want to challenge you. Trust in the Lord and do good. There's an example. But do good that is, is costly. And that may be costly for you. Do good that's, that's inconvenient. Here, do good that's uncomfortable. Man, feed the hungry, clothe the poor, minister to those in jails. Man, cook meals for other people. Hey, with Roe versus Wade being overturned, let me tell you this, the foster care system is going to explode. Man, do good that is hard. Do good that is inconvenient. I tell you, another thing that's going to happen, there's going to be more kids that are going to need to be adopted. And listen, there's going to be more special needs kids that need to be adopted. One in five kids now have autism. Whatever it is, I tell you what I would encourage you to do. All you have to do is look at the evil in our world. And as believers in Jesus Christ, respond to it. If you don't know what to do, I'm telling you, look at the evil that's going on. And you want to know what kind of good you can do? It's always in response to the evil that's happening. Do good. Do good that's costly. Do good that's inconvenient. Do good. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. 
You're going to encourage the souls of other people. You're going to get the pleasure of God, of course. But man, other people will see your good deeds and they'll praise your Father in heaven. It's easy to live in this world and just fret. You and I were not called to fret. You and I were called to trust the Lord and do good and let our light shine. So other people praise the Father in heaven. And I'm going to talk more about that in another message. But trust the Lord and do good. I watched Bobby Herring. I got to know Bobby Herring uh, right before he retired and um, switched the business over to his son. And I watched him live the last chapters of his life. So in the time that I knew him, I saw Bobby Herring um, bury a granddaughter who was, uh, her and her mom were rear-ended by a tra- tractor trailer. And um, anyway, they were, they were, she was killed in a car accident. And I watched him bury them. Then later I watched Bobby bury one of his adult sons, Danny. And then I saw Bobby bury um, his son-in-law, Curtis. And then I watched Bobby's own health decline. I'll tell you what I didn't see. I didn't see fretting. I didn't see complaining. If anything, I saw praise. I saw greater trust in the Lord. I saw even humor. And I saw peace. I'm not sure how old Bobby was when he passed in his 70s. But he had the wisdom of walking with the Lord for a long time. And you know what? Just as he passed his wisdom on to me, and today God is passing his wisdom on to us through King David who lived a long life. And you know what he says? Don't worry. Trust God. Trust God. Delight yourself in the Lord. Commit whatever you do to Him and He will help you. But trust Him and do good. So we're going to end this day a little different. I want to invite you to stand. I grew up um, Methodist. We stood and sat and stood and sat the whole service. (laughs) And we did responsive reading. I would like for us together today to read this on the screen and let that be our prayer. So I'm going to turn. Let's read this together. Fill our hearts with your joy and peace as we trust you, that we may overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, trust in the Lord and do good. I look forward to seeing you next week.